Our ninth and final lesson comes from John's Gospel, the first chapter beginning with the first verse. John unfolds the great mystery of the Incarnation. Let us listen once more for a word from God. When all things began, the Word was already there. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing was created without the Word. The Word gave life, the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and to this day the darkness has not extinguished it. For the light to be made known, God sent a messenger, a man named John. Now John was not the light, he came only to witness to the light, the true light that comes to the world to shine on all the people. The word was in the world, though the world owed its very existence to the word, the world did not recognize the word. However, those who heard and believed received power to become children of God. Not children born in a human sense of man and woman, flesh and blood, but rather born as true children of God. So the word became flesh and lived among us through the glory of God, full of grace and of truth. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now listen, I know people get a little nervous when the preacher doesn't step into the pulpit until an hour and five minutes in. (laughs) But I promise to be concise. We felt, though, it was important having embarked upon this Advent sermon series where we have been looking at the birth of Christ through the lens of John the Baptist that we walk it across the finish line. John the Baptist, of course, was the one in Scripture who was sent ahead of Jesus, the one who was sent ahead to announce the light that was soon to come. And so we have been asking ourselves this Advent, what might John be pointing us towards this day? What light might John be seeking to open our eyes to that when the light comes again, this Christmas Eve, we would understand and perhaps glimpse, if only a little more fully, the good news of God's word become flesh. John has opened our eyes through a call to repent, a call to surrender, and today, a call to witness. Let us join our hearts once more in prayer. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, send your spirit now that it would indeed dwell among us and that through its work, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered here together in your sight would be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I had breakfast with a friend named Tim this past Friday morning. Tim's a pastor in Atlanta, and he was down here for a few nights with his daughter. And as we talked, I was reminded in our conversation of a story Tim had once told me about a young man named Christopher, who was in one of the very first congregations he ever served coming out of seminary, a church in Cartersville, Georgia. 
Christopher had uh, cerebral palsy, and so his speech and his hands and his legs, they never quite worked how he wanted them to, though his mind was sharp. Tim remarked that Christopher was a young man who quite literally never lived a comfortable day in his life. Anyway, Tim, at some point during those years, had purchased an antique chair, and he had got the idea that he was going to refinish this chair himself. There was a church member with a garage just down the street from the manse that had a bunch of tools in it, and he had told Tim, you're welcome to work on your chair there in my garage, and Tim got busy. For days, afternoons, he would spend hours in this garage, and it drug on for weeks because Tim is a self-professed perfectionist. So he got in there, and he sanded everything down, and then he stained it, but but. Tim kept looking at this chair no matter how hard he worked on it. He couldn't help but keep noticing that one rough edge that just wasn't quite right. Let me try that again. Or that spot where, where the stain had dripped just a little bit. Well, let me go back and I'm, I'm going to get that just right. There was this afternoon when Tim was working in the garage and Christopher came up in his wheelchair and he saw Tim there working and he was admiring the chair And he said, Tim, man, that is a beautiful-looking chair. And Tim said to Christopher, well, Christopher, you can't see it, but you see, like, right back here, it's just, it's not, it's not quite smooth enough. It's just not quite perfect yet. And Christopher said, it's it's a nice-looking chair to me. And Tim said, well, over here, you see those two drip lines? Just got to get that right. It's just not quite perfect yet. Christopher said, I mean, it looks, it looks good to me, man. Tim said, up here, though, on the seat, I know you can't see it, but, but the color is just a little off on this side versus this side. Just got to get it right. It's just not quite perfect yet. Tim remembers that after a few of these back and forths, Christopher finally said to Tim, Tim, you know, I'm not perfect either, but God made me special. To hear Tim tell it, you feel the weight of that moment for him. Tim, I'm not perfect either, but you know, God made me special. Tim says he can remember in that moment literally stopping in his tracks and setting his tools down and saying, you know, Christopher, I think I'm done. John was not the light. The light was Jesus Christ, of course. John was sent only to witness to the light. You know, I think it's tempting anytime we read these verses and hear this story that we have just walked through this whole morning. It's tempting to hear a text like this and just say to one another, well, be like John, be like Christopher. Right, Go out into the world and prepare the way for others by witnessing to God's light, to, to God's love. Do it in your music. Do it in your job. Do it in your actions, your words, your very presence. Do it in your generosity. But it occurs to me that, you know, it's awfully hard to witness to God's light if, like Tim, we struggle to see that light in ourselves. We struggle to see that light in our 
own lives. It's hard to witness to God's light, isn't it, when we spend most of our days crowding it out by holding ourselves to these unrealistic and unattainable expectations. It's hard to witness to God's light like John the Baptist calls us to when we spend our days toiling away in these obsessive attempts to be perfect or we spend our days refusing to hear or acknowledge that voice that that says to us, you know, you're not perfect, but you're still special. You know, you're not perfect, but, but you're still loved. Isn't that what Jesus says to us? Isn't that what God says to us in the story of the incarnation? You may not be perfect, but God, I love you. So listen, like I said, this is not a long sermon. But if you take away anything, I want it to be this. If you're here today and you are Christopher, then God bless you. I hope you will go back out into the world just like you have been doing and share that light that God has given you with each and every person you encounter along the way. But if by chance, and I suspect many of us here today may fall into this category, if by chance you are more like Tim then I hope in these waning days of Advent, maybe even in this very moment, you might let God's light witness to you. You know, I texted Tim on Friday afternoon. I said, Tim, I'm curious. Do you still have that chair? And you know what he said back to me? He said, yep, still have it. Still not perfect. But it's still special. The light John the Baptist witnesses to, friends, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what the gospel of Jesus Christ says to all of us is that God still has you. God still has us. You may not believe it for yourselves, but God looks at you and calls you special, calls you beloved. So maybe in these remaining days of Advent, as we point ourselves towards Christmas morning, we might all let God's light, that light, shine down on us a little bit more. Right? We might let that light shine down on those places where we say to God, God, this edge is just still a little bit rough. I really am not ready to show this to anyone. We might lit that light that says, I still have you. I still love you. Shine down on that spot. Or maybe in that place in our lives where the pain of the past has dripped onto the surface of the present, we might let God's light shine down and claim us once again. Or perhaps into those dark crevices that we have not dared peer down for a long time, we might let God's light witness into the shadows, that light that says, I still have you. You're still special. I still love you.
Because if we're not ready to bear that light out into the world like Christopher, if we're more like Tim today, if we can let that light shine down and witness to us, maybe, just maybe, it'll be enough to take that smoldering flame that's somewhere in there and give it a little more life. It might grow that flame until that day when we are ready to go out and witness, witness to God's love in Jesus Christ, to a world that is in such desperate need of it. All right. I think I'm done now.